PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Guys, gals, uh, non-conforming listeners. I, I don't want to leave anyone out. Oh shit! Uh, uh, Pl- Plutonians, Martians. Anyone listening in in the, in the far future when the signals get sent out into the universe and then they bounce Chris, around? Chris, this, this, is, this isn't radio. This, this isn't radio. This it's is not working podcast. that way. Oh, it's not the way this works. It's not that there aren't no. signals. Uh-uh. Uh, what if they find a link and download it? <laughs> I mean, that's possible. Martians. Assume, assuming that said domain is still around at. You right, know, right. Time XYZ. Hey, shout out to those uh, host gator servers. Definitely doing <laughs> me way better than them GoDaddy shits did in the beginning. Uh, if you're from Alpha Centauri and it's the year 31 something and you, you've, you've used the Wayback Machine to look at old Earth internet and you've stumbled across this show. I'm sorry, you're wasting your time. You are wasting your time. <laughs> what a waste of your time and ours. Sorry about that. Not our time. It's not a waste of our time. It's just a waste of theirs. I mean, the, theoretically, the, all time is wasted. <sighs> I mean, yeah. If you really but want to boil it down. If all time is wasted, does that mean then truly all time is uh, appreciated? Is it, though? Because we're wasting it in a way that's like, we know what we have. Let's do just we? use it for what we do, for what we want to do. Yeah, I think we do. Are you sure about that? Do we? Are you talking about us? <laughs> We've seen I Heart Huckabees, so we know. <laughs> we, app- we appreciate the time that we have. Yeah. Maybe in different ways. Whereas you know you look forward to the oblivion and it. Well, yeah, but for me, that's what the makes oblivion frightens me. That's what makes life so much better is the fact that you you start in oblivion, you come from oblivion, and it's this fucking weirdness in the middle, and, and we have this weird blink of time that we won't even be able to remember. So why does it stress me out so much? Why is it, <laughs> why is it so stressful? Why is my heart rate going up? I don't know. Let me drink a little bit of this margarita. Mm. It's Margarita Mondays, guys. How's it going? Welcome to the show. It's Monday? Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> if people are listening on Monday, okay, it's what, Margarita Monday. But what if they're not? Oh, well, then I guess maybe Margarita Monday is more of a... State of mind? Thank you. That's what I was going to say, yeah. For an alcoholic. I mean, or for a margarita lover. Or a Monday lover. People love Mondays, just like Garfield. Garfield hates lasagna, loves Mondays. Uh-huh, right. I was a big fan growing yes. up. Yeah. Of Garfield, mm-hmm. big fan. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, you got that backwards, but it's okay. No, I didn't. Did I? <laughs> Shit. Guys, it's Margarita Sunday. No, it's Sangria Sunday. I don't have any sangria. That's a problem. Chris, theater of the mind. You can lie. Oh! <laughs> I haven't set up the cameras yet. Guys, I'm drinking Sangria. It's Sangria Sunday. Unless it's Monday, then it's Margarita Mondays. Um, unless you like some people like to wait until Tuesday, listen on Tuesday, and, and then, then what you're gonna drink tacos? It's tequila taco Tuesday. Say, you're gonna drink your tacos? I'm, I'm gonna do a titty Tuesday. We're doing titty Tuesday. If you're so listening we're going to the strip club, no. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, take your top off, take your shirt off, sit there topless, let them out, flop them out. <laughs> those are your titties, right? Yeah, those are my titties. For sure. <laughs> I just flopped them out for Drew. He's disgusted. I'll put them back. All right, there we go. Suck them back in. Um, this is episode four five four. What does that mean? It means nonsense. It means uh, jocularity. It means uh, garishness. It means true Chicago. It means the numbers. It means the numbers. Oh my god! <laughs> it's the same backwards as forwards, but upside down. It's um, it's like S-H-S. chair s chair. It's two empty chairs. Know what that means? So H S H S. No, no double S's. We stay away from the double S's. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You don't like the double lightning bolts. No. I don't like I'm them. Not a fan. I don't like the Nazis. <laughs> I don't know. We got two empty chairs. Two empty chairs means we talk about Clint Eastwood's cry macho. Okay. <laughs> Remember the empty yeah, chair yeah, thing yeah, with this? So he yeah, can't get was... away from that. He did that one time and people yeah. were like, boo. Yeah. Uh, you know what had happened? You know what the true story is? The real story. So Clint Eastwood did a, he was doing right wing, right wing. He was doing Republican uh, uh, campaign stops for who was this? Was this uh, Bush's second campaign? I okay. think I think it was second Bush's re-election. Okay, because it was against Obama. No, so it was man, against Obama. It was uh, man, uh, in, in 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 retrospect, George Bush Jr. not not such a bad president. You know what? <laughs> I'll take the war criminal over the uh, the the con man any day of the week. Open the uh, the the strong man <laughs> bullshit that we're dealing with now. Absolutely, I'll definitely take a war criminal. I understand. Yeah, yeah. I understand. I mean, that, that, that's just politics. You know, that's just part of the course. That's just politics. When it comes to politics. That's just politics. I'm fine with politics. That's not trying to actively destroy a country. Not trying from to the inside out. Dismantle democracy and activate the uh, the. He's like, I, I I found the true power source of America. It's called fascism. It's called white power. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, man, I was talking about the, uh, no, it's the, it was the first, the first time Obama ran. No, the second time Obama. So it was when Obama ran for re-election. And so it was John McCain, I think. That would make sense. And so he, the, he stumped for McCain out West, some random out West campaign stop. And he did a speech and it got a great response from the crowd, and there were McCain people there, obviously. And they're like, "Wow, Clint Eastwood really got these people like going good." Yeah, he gave a really good speech. So uh, they're like, "Hey, Clint, can you do the same thing at the RNC?" Yes, I can do this. Yeah, yeah, I can do this. Uh, but Clint Eastwood, they forget, is a goddamn artiste. <laughs> he may be a libertarian, but he's also a fucking artist, and he's he's cut from the same Hollywood cloth as a lot of people. And he didn't want to give the same old speech that he just gave to a room full of people or whatever. He wanted to do something different. So he brought out an empty chair and decided to improv or whatever scene where he was talking to the president. And he said, I didn't, think, I didn't think so. And man, that has that will follow him to his grave. When he dies, there will be memes featuring empty chairs mm-hmm. and like his tombstone or something. Oh. I promise you that. It, uh Weird choice. And then when that happened and he broke out the chair, he didn't tell anyone he was doing that. When that happened, the RNC people behind, backstage were like, oh my God. 
<laughs> he was just supposed to give a nice speech yeah. about John McCain. Uh-huh. He, yeah, he's an artist. No, so. he, but he, he did this artist bullshit with this empty chair, and now we're a laughing stock. Now we're a laughing stock. Um, yeah, that's pretty funny. What was that? What was that? Was that me? That was me. So, uh, Cry Macho is, uh, you know, man, HBO, they're doing three HBO movies in a row. Warner Brothers. Okay, so they, they just said Malignant. Malignant was last week. Cry Macho's this week, and Many Saints of Newark is next week. Well, I guess Many Saints of Newark can't be all that good then, can it? Why? You know who's mad about that? David Cross, motherfuckers. Like we made this movie for theaters. We're trying to break the stigma of uh, Sopranos can only be. You know, we want people to see this as a movie, and then and then when they turn around and then offer it on HBO, that's like undercutting their whole thing so yeah. hard. I mean, we had an off my conversation. Be uh-huh. like, well, since it's on HBO, might as well just watch it on HBO. Oh yeah, so HBO it, series it, it, or it, it, <laughs> movie. Where we go to a theater, see an HBO movie. <laughs> Fuck no. Yeah, right. So that they, they <laughs> totally not this thing. So it's like I think we're it's anecdotal, but it's evidence that like day and date streaming. It I think it does hurt box office because it's like people will just choose it all depends on what you're going for and how you like to see movies well yeah like but you know for us though like like i'm seeing dune and the biggest goddamn fucking screen that i can possibly see it on i will yeah. brave a goddamn pandemic for this shit yeah i think when it comes to but at the same, hbo movies we've been 50 50 but at the same time like i'm you know, I, I'm not gonna look a gift horse in the mouth, and if I don't have to pay fifty three cents to even my time to <laughs> drive out to, to the watch theater. Cry Macho, then I'll totally watch it at home. And I'm fine with seeing Cry Macho in the, at home yeah. because while it's for sure it's made to be seen in the theater, I mean it had the big majestic western yep. scenery yep. and you know the, the cool, landscape landscape shots, the landscape shots mm-hmm. and the lighting and the yep. this and the that, and I I appreciate the cinematography. Yeah, it's a good looking movie, but at the same time, <laughs> it, it's um, Clint Woods, an old ass man. Old this man. is a this is a. Tight, tiny little story. Yeah, like it doesn't. Man. I'm an old man. It's tiny. It's a tiny story. It is. Uh, yeah, Drew, you nailed it. It's a tight, tiny story. I think it's Eastwood. This may be his last movie. I think it's him ending on a little minor grace note, just being like, Bing. "What that, that that as opposed to doing a big epic." Like, I mean, it, in all reality, the entire movie could have been boiled down to that scene where he's driving him back to the border at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that last five minutes, like. Hey, you just explained the entire movie. Dude. Yeah, they wrapped it up. <laughs> old, old timey wise, let's wrap this thing up with a bow. Uh, the movie itself ends with um, char- characters dancing yeah. against uh, uh, a, a sunset. Smoke, a a smoke filled room. A smoke filled room, a dusty ass room, a sunset, their black silhouette, and then it fades to black slowly. It's a, And then it's a piano. Clint Eastwood mm-hmm. tinkering on the piano. It's a very soft ending, I think, to a long career is what's a happening. A long, hard career. A long, hard career. Yeah, expected an unforgiven. No, you're getting a cry macho. You're getting a little ding, ding, ding. Um, it is very much like, a, you know what? This sold my mom on checking it out. It's very much more of a love story. Than, well, yeah. than anything else when yeah, yeah. when he comes across a woman who is even his age still 30 years as junior yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and but she falls so hard for him he had two different women of different ages one very young throw throw themselves at his character well he's Clint Eastwood if he made this movie when he was like 70 would have made a little more sense yes I think he's playing like a 70 year old as a 90 year old I think maybe he's just playing himself in 1979 that's that, yes I think so. Where they, they made awesome Western jackets. They made fantastic jackets. Oh, man, the style back in the day was so good. 
Yeah, it's just like, you know, it's a fun, cute little fine movie. It's it's so innocuous. I mean, it's no The Old Man and the Gun. No. That, it's a, that's a way better that, Final Farewell movie. I think so. Yeah, that does work better for Robert Redford, right? Um you know, it doesn't have, like, almost you're expecting some of the old man Clint Eastwood barbs, the Gran Turismo-ness of it. Mm-hmm. That never happens. No. These are very, uh, it's a very apolitical movie. Shit, they go into Mexico, and Mexico, most of the movies set in Mexico, and it's never, uh, like, like Rambo, the last Rambo, where it's like, oh, Mexico's scary, all yeah. there's all cartels and evil and bad, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's, no, it's just Mexico. Well, this is this, a small town. This is 1979 Mexico, though. Yeah, but there's still like he, but yeah, but the movie's being made in 2020. They could yes, be like, all right. this movie, it, no. it's scary. It's scary with all the brown people. No, he's like, no, it's, it's a small town here. They break horses. Uh, he falls in love with the local lady. You know, meanwhile, he's helping this kid, uh, who's like the actors, whatever the kids, whatever. He's it, oh you God, can't not. judge any. I feel like Clint Eastwood movies actors because he's this one one and done kind of guy. He doesn't yeah. let the actors like really work on it. So you got you got to take it. There's even one part where he's talking and he's like he's stumbling through the the dialogue. And you know he was just like fuck it, we're moving on. Yep. Next, <laughs> fine. Next setup. I got the words out. They understand what I'm trying to say. I said them. It worked. Let's go. I said them. I'm dying. I'm literally falling apart here. How many things he makes? A hundred. He's gonna make I mean, four hundred. It, it all depends on how good that Hollywood medicine he's got. They get the best. They get some of the best. Because it's not Hollywood medicine. It's just rich person medicine, right? God damn rich people. Eat the rich. Eat the rich. I mean, if you want to gain their powers. <laughs> I want to eat their brains. <laughs> I want to eat their brains and gain their knowledge. Well, you see, that's not the way it works. And actually, if you go cannibalism, eating the brains, how to get to the bad part of cannibalism the quickest. The uh, What do you gain? The uh, superpowers? No. And become I, a zombie? I mean, like, the shakes and the shivers and the... Going blind part. The 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 bleeps, the sweeps, and the creeps. <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Um, cry macho. He cried macho. Did he ever cry macho? No, no one ever he, cried macho. He never cried. He never cried macho. No. Uh, yeah. So that's. I mean, that's my. <laughs> my parents might like it. I mean, that's why I feel like cry macho sits at right now. I mean, I, it is what it is. Right. It's definitely not for me. Even though it's weird. Like I would think. Like, the same people who would go see The Old Man and the Gun, but I'm that person, and I liked that movie. Yeah, so. that's a good movie. That's a fine movie. That was enjoyable. I still listen to the soundtrack. It's got a nice little soundtrack by the, well, the same Daniel Hart. Cry Macho, hey, It is what it is. It's fine. It's on HBO. Just watch it. Watch it. I'll give it a nice little... <laughs> oh, sideways thumb. <laughs> that thumb went right in there. It was so clean. It went in so clean. Uh, we went and saw Cop Shop. Yes. In the movie theater. Uh-huh. That was an interesting movie. That was fun. Yeah, that was pretty enjoyable. It, that was, uh, it reminded me of Free Fire, where mm-hmm. the movie is what it is. Yep. It's not trying to be anything else. It's like it's one not, long action it's, scene. It's not trying to say anything. Not really. Just listen, this is going to look cool and people are going to die. We can have some uh, kind of interesting characters. Most of them are going to be like assassins. Mm-hmm. Uh, we gonna have uh, a sexy cop, and then we all gonna just shoot each other. Well, a sexy badass cop. She's, she's a, a bad bitch. She's a bad. I mean, when you get the shot, and then you're like, I'm gonna still do stuff. <laughs> and then you're like, Whoa! All right, Steven Seagal. <laughs> I didn't know you're gonna be like that. Um, and then this guy, I feel like he does a lot of comedy. Is the one who plays the, uh, the the craziest assassin. Oh, what's his name? 
Tony Lamb, the character's name. Yeah, is Tony yeah. Lamb. What's the actor's name? I, I, I don't forget know. What his name. But he's in a ton of shit. Yeah, and that's Arnie, the strongest man, man the from yeah. uh, uh-huh. Beating Pete. Yeah, the guy's same guy. The guy's got good uh, like comedic timing and stuff. He's uh, weird, good at playing like weirdos, stringy weirdos. <laughs> he is not French Stewart. <laughs> he is not French Stewart. So not French Stewart's in this with Gerard Butler. Toby Huss. Toby Huss, thank you. This will not be the first or last time. I forget his name. Exactly. No. But Toby Huss is great in this. Gerard Butler's fine. Frank Grillo's fine. You know what? There's a weird article that came out where Frank Grillo got all mad about how apparently this cut of this movie isn't like the choice director's cut. Okay. And how... um. Joe Carnahan, the director, didn't have final cut. And the producers didn't like their cut, and they have their own cut. And Frank Grillo was all mad about how he had all the stuff for his character and got all cut out of there. I, I don't know, man. This movie's fine. Yeah, I was okay with it. It was fine. And yeah. also, it's I got like fine. I think it's like 80% on the Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It's not uh, on Metacritic. It's closer to like 60. It's fine. People think it's fine. But he, he came out and did an interview. He got so mad about this movie and, and, some, and some critics' responses. Um. Anyway, I think it's. Uh, I thought it was enjoyable. I, huh. yeah. I liked it. It kept my attention the whole time. Yeah. I mean, never bored. I, never, I was never <clears throat> bored with it. I wanted to see what happened next. Good action. You know, everybody's doing their thing. Yep. Uh, I mean, Carnahan's a good director. I think my favorite Joe Carnahan movie would be Narc. Have you seen that yeah. one? Remember that yeah, one? Yeah, that, that uh, brought What's-His-Face back on the fucking Everybody's Radar. Uh, Leota, Patrick, yeah. Jason Patrick, and Ray Leota, yeah. both of them. Also gave a small role to uh, Busta Rhymes, where he's all good that. Uh, yeah, Narc is a really good movie. Yeah. Um, that's one where... Uh, you know who produced that one? Tom Cruise. It's a, it's a Cruise... Who, who did he produce movies with? Kennedy, Paul, Paul or something? Um, it's a Tom Cruise production. He the, the movie got picked up from Sundance because Tom Cruise told Paramount, I want to release this movie. And Paramount was like, oh, fine, Tom. Fine. <laughs> and they put it out. It's a really good movie. Narc is really yeah. good. Um, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's, it's sort of late 70s, early 80s, you know, like with the opening credits and the music and stuff. Oh, yeah, no, it's they're going, definitely inspired by that genre. Like an exploitation kind of thing. Um, I, I like that they did that without going full-on like Carpenter. They could have just been like, let's rip off uh, Assault on Precinct 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did that. It's, it's good. I thought it was good. Yeah. Like, I'm not crazy about it, but it's for sure I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I was... Hey, I mean, I, go, I, I'll watch another one. I was about to say, I would recommend it to people. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, if you're looking for an action movie, I'd recommend it. If you're like, ah, Gerard Butler, I'm like, ah, he's fine. Yeah. He just, he, yeah. He's totally fine. And he's not doing any accent work. He's actually using his regular voice. So You think so? I thought he was doing an American accent. See, that's, why, that's how maybe, bad of his American accent. Or maybe it's just maybe it's just not as thick. Yeah, he's just a little, uh, listen, Teddy. <laughs> he's just mumbling his way through it. And sometimes he's got like mm-hmm. the thick cheeks thing yep. going on. He looks fine, though. He looked, he's looking more and more weather beaten as he ages. Yeah. That's good for characters and stuff like that. Frank Grillo with his long hair made me think of um, uh, Mickey Rourke in some of his weirder times in his early 2000s weird well, stage. And what's up with Frank Grillo wearing bell bottoms the whole movie? That was fucking weird, too. I guess that's again like, <laughs> uh, like we go in 70s, right? Like he did was for sure going. Yeah. Um, Leisure suit look. Snakeskin boots. Yeah, 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 yeah. The fashion, that fashion choice was in there. Everyone else is pretty normal. And then he's like yeah. uh, a little over the top. Yeah, Cop Shop. Cop Shop's a fine one. I don't I know about it. that title. Cop Shop. It's fine. Whatever. 
just should have called it Gun Creek. I mean, that's the name of the place. That's yeah. the name of the place. No. Cop shop. Nah. Anyway, it's fine. It's good. It gets a thumbs up. Definitely. It's not like a crazy thumbs up. It gets a thumbs up. Uh, good scene in the theater. Loud. Yes. Loud movie. Well, lots of gunfire. A lot of gunfire. Uh, on HBO, I watched Malignant. Okay. Boy. And? Let me tell you. Woo! Drusik Ogman. This movie is wild as fuck. Okay. It is interesting. It's uh, the first the beginning of it. It's like, eh. You feel like for the first hour, hour 15 minutes of this movie, you, you feel like you know what's going on or, or you're ahead of it. Like, oh, they're doing this movie. Oh, they're doing this. Like, because you know that there's a twist coming. Then you feel like you you know what the twist is. And then the twist happens. And you're like, I did not see that coming. <laughs> there's no way you could see it coming. No one ever could see it coming. But it happens. And you're like, what? And then the last 30, 40 minutes of this movie is fucking crazy. It's crazy. Okay, so it's... it's- Crazy, so t- two thirds of boredom, one third of crazy. Yeah, not boredom. Just like you feel like you're ahead of. It. It's a James Wan movie, yeah. so it looks good. It's competent. The, the atmosphere, tension, it's all there. The acting is fine, you know. So it's not like this is bad. It's fine. Uh, but then the twist happens, and then then the debate begins. Did they intend this to be as campy as it is? Did they know that they were doing this? Or did they think people would be like, holy shit, what was the reaction they thought they were getting? Because the reaction that they got from me was 30 minutes of like almost nonstop, like, what the fuck laughing? Like, I cannot believe... This is what's going on. I am watching this goddamn movie. Um, And it made me happy that I watched it. I was delighted that I watched it because it's fucking uh, modern camp classic for sure. Okay. Now... How intentional was that campiness? I, I'm I'm of the opinion that to make a camp movie, to make a truly camp film, you cannot you set out to make it. Yeah. You just got to make your movie, and then shit happens. And it turns into camp. And then it turns into camp. I feel like uh, uh, James Wan wanted to make something that was really interesting and crazy and different, but I don't think he intended anyone to ever laugh at it. With, with it or at it. Maybe with it. Boy, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting to watch, Drew. Okay. It's it's fucking okay. malignant is something else. Gotcha. And, um, uh, it may be one of Bill's, uh, our, our New York City senior correspondent, her from Aficionado, Billy D, maybe one of his favorite movies of the year. No. As far as I can tell from the, the online chatter. Guys, malignant is interesting. Watch it. Let me know what you think. Do you think it's a it's a camp classic? Do you think they attended it that way? Uh, did you see the twist coming? Don't lie to me. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. Um, let's get into some media diet stuff. What if episode six? Yep. Um, apparently I looked it up online because I had to know there are nine episodes. Okay. So got three more to go. We got three more to go. What do you think? It was of, good. Of this one. It was interesting. Interesting. Take. It was definitely a, a, yeah. You know, for something like that to have such a wide array of effects. Yeah. The idea that, um, what if Killmonger was in Iron Man? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> what would have happened? Uh-huh. Nothing would have happened. No, no Iron, Iron Man. Man. Iron Man wouldn't have happened. No. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. Um, the uh, This episode ended sim- similarly to episode five, where I felt like it just sort of ended. Yeah. Right? And I was like, whoa. Like, what, it, what's going to happen next? I want to know. No, it's, see, 
That's the that's the that's fun a, of what if. That's it's fun of what it's if. up to you to decide. But I think though, what so what they did, Drew Marvel, they released a mid season trailer where they have like before this week they put out a trailer that features clips from upcoming episodes, characters that we've seen like Star Lord, T'Challa, mm-hmm. and stuff like that are gonna be popping up in future episodes, and the showrunner of What If said that the What If series, like everyone thought it was just going to be an anthology series, but he said from the beginning, the What If series will have as much an impact on the MCU as the Loki series. Okay. I think what people are positing online, what looks like is happening, is that this shit is building up to something. These episodes are now ending with these cliffhangers because they're all building up to like this big thing, shit's going to, what's probably going to happen? Uatu the Watcher forbidden to interfere decides to interfere and he goes around he's going to go around a different universe he's going to get Captain America Carter he's going to get Captain Carter he's going to get all the different put them all together and bring them all for the last episode to like save all the universes or something something's going to happen I think it's all building up to like a big what if mashup we'll see I think so. yeah, it's gonna that could be fun and interesting I think it's going to be weird and cool and interesting and all tied together and I think it's fun that I really thought it was going to be every episode just his own episode we can have a good time and that's it like don't worry about it but apparently it's all connected big, okay. big hand motion here that people can't hear online mm-hmm. it's all connected uh, I, I liked it I liked the episode mm-hmm. I, think, I think it was a lot of fun I think it's good I like the ones that end with like oh this is bad yeah yeah uh-huh. a couple of now have ended with like oh that's not good no credits <laughs> <laughs> right yeah so and then Watu's like uh oh like, shit shit this is uh, why are these things falling apart right in front of my eyes um. Uh, speaking of comic booky stuff, I didn't not watch the whole thing because fuck four hours. But I watched a decent amount with some skipping through of Zack Snyder's Justice League: Colon Justice is Gray. No, it's a, the black and white cut. The black and white version. Which if you just go to HBO Max, go down to the extra section. It's down there. The uh the black and white version. And uh, man, it was pretty tempting to just watch the whole thing. Like, I was like an hour and 15 minutes into it. I was like, am I just gonna, am I just watching all four <laughs> hours again of Justice League? Because it looks great in black and white. It mm. really does look uh, sure. incredible. Adds extra gravitas to the whole thing. Like, man, they should have just put it out in black and white to begin with because it it's a banger. Well, they, they don't trust American audiences with nah, black and white. American audiences are stupid. Black and white, add some subtitles. <laughs> Ain't no one going to see that no. shit. But the Justice is Grey version of Justice League is... um. It's fascinating to watch. And then the final sequence, I, I skip all the way to the end when it's the future and like Joker and all that stuff. Man, it looks so good. It looks so, so good. Um, On the Criterion app, I watched The Fearless Hyena, which is Jackie Chan's first movie as a director. Okay. Made in 79. Uh, Really fun. A lot of broad comedy in the beginning and then it gets crazy at the end. And uh, there are scenes where he's like working out in a field and he's super tan and crazy ripped, mega ripped. Like, I don't know if Jackie Chan has ever been as ripped as he has been in this movie. It's worth looking just to see how ripped he is. It's 25 year old, like crazy physique. He's like zero body fat muscles on muscles and the sinews and the cuts and them crazy. He's crazy. And then he's doing all the. Jackie Chan stuff on yeah. top of that. It's a good. It's a good time. This movie. 
The Fearless Sahina. Okay. Watch it. It's good. Uh, Between the Barrier and we put out an album a couple weeks ago. Cool. I, I, they've been releasing singles. Yeah, like, they, put, they put out singles. The album's out now. Okay. And you know what it's called? No. Colors 2. Damn it. <laughs> They're like, we gonna sequelize our album. Um, I don't like album sequels. I don't like music sequels. I don't like them, Drew. But what if it's as good as Colors? It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. I don't know if it's as good as Colors. I've only listened to it once through so far, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It came out uh, a couple weeks ago, end of August. Okay. New Every Time I Die single just came out called Planet Shit. That song I've listened to on repeat. It's a great song. That album's coming out end of October. But it, it is currently where we live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, <clears throat> it, it gets it's zeitgeisty. It's a zeitgeisty song, and um, so that's coming out soon. And uh, yeah, Color Two's okay. Uh, I have a website recommendation for people if you're looking for like some laughs, good time. If you want to have a good time, uh, sorryantivaxer.com. Okay. V a x x e r. Uh, a growing list of of articles about people who were anti-vax, anti-mask, whatever, Dying and then mo- mostly dead, ninety five percent dead. The other five percent are like, oh, good, good, good shots, guys. Sorry, anti-vaxxer.com. It's a good one to send to like relatives and people you know. Um, that's it. That's what I got. What do you got? I uh, watched what we do in the shadows, episodes three and four. Oh man, see now I'm behind. What so you, you like them? Yeah, I mean it's what we do in the. Continuing adventures it's of these a, weird fucking vampires. It's like baseline good stuff, you know? No. So episode four, are we getting to any uh, more fun cameos or anything like that? Uh, no, they, they go to Atlantic City, though. <laughs> okay. So. Fun. See, you would think a good time for Jackie Daytona to pop up. Yeah, no. No, they, they ain't give me no Jackie Daytona in season three. It ain't happening, guys. Don't don't look for it. It's not happening. On uh, Netflix, I watched Untold, colon, Malice at the Palace. Yes, about the Ron Artest. I've been wanting to watch. I I almost actually watched that the other night um, because I saw the Untold series. I know there's a couple of episodes of this I want to see. That's the one with the the big brawl. What was that, 2004? Something like that. 30 minutes? Uh, No, like an hour... 15 whoa almost feature length uh and yeah yeah good stuff. Yeah, that's good i mean you know i i mean i i watched you know like i knew that it, i knew that it happened and i knew that these guys got suspended but you you never heard their side of yeah. the story yeah because it for whatever reason they it just never yeah sure out. Yeah, so yeah, yeah it's always just now, like this crazy brawl happened yeah, yeah now you now you're getting the reason why mm-hmm. the crazy brawl all happened. the shit yeah man that was a wild event. I mean, it basically boils down to Ron Artest is mentally unstable. Uh, he's, you know, he's, <laughs> he changed his name to Meta World Peace. That's a thing normal people do. Normal, sane people do. And now he's like something World Peace. Like he changed his name again. Okay. That's another thing normal, sane, stable people do uh-huh. is repeatedly change their name illegally. Uh-huh. Uh, everyone does that. So. Yeah, so they can fill out that AKA form every time. Oh, my God. Also known as. Same name affidavits. Get the fuck <laughs> And then on Prime, I watched uh, a CG anime called Harlock, colon, Space Pirate. Whoa. Why? Why? Because he's a space... What drew you in? The Space Pirate part? Yeah. I I saw Space Pirate. I was like, fuck it. I got some time. (laughs) (laughs) I saw Space Pirate. I was like, fuck it. I have some time. The name... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stitched uh, dead on a pillow. his, His ship was... Like, has a giant 
glowing it has a giant skull up front with glowing red eyes okay okay i'm in so it, far it's all covered in weird black smoke has yeah. to do with dark matter he's immortal it's fucking weird i am i like it actually yeah. that sounds like <laughs> that sounds like a good time uh-huh when is that recent uh, I, I think the property's older because I like the name sounds familiar so I'm, I'm pretty sure it comes it's like an update of like a 2D thing gotcha this is 3D computer generated was stuff. it a good looking th- 2D yeah, fine. or was it just kind of cheapish or? it was just it's just a little old that's all but at least they didn't it all has the same look to it so it's yeah. not like some of it's better or worse gotcha like it all just it was st- consistent yeah was it fun it was fine. It was just fine. Yeah. Just fine. It looked. It looked cool. It looked. I mean, most of these animes, I'm not in it for the story yeah, for whatever reason. It's more about the style you know? them and all that. That's true. That's so, true. So, would you recommend it, or is it just I mean, for anime you, fans? Yeah, I mean, if you're into if you if you're into animated stuff, I, I, I want to see some cool space battles. Okay. What if I'm into animated stuff, but I don't like pirates? I mean, space pirates. I, so. Oh, well, should, I, so should I stay away? I mean, yeah, you, you're not going to be happy. Chris. What if I you're like, not going to have a good time? What if I like space and like pirates, but I'm not a big fan of anime? Well, then you're, you're, of course you're not going to like this because okay. it's fucking animated. Okay, the whole thing is that it's an, you almost got, you, two hours of anime. You got to be into the whole package, every aspect of it, in order to enjoy it. At least a little bit, I think so. Okay, all right, just making sure, yeah. just making sure. I'm on the fence on space pirates. Okay, that's it. <laughs> to be fair. That's it. That's your media diet. That's everything I want. All right. That's some good stuff. We have to preview the second half of the show. We have an email to read. You ready for that, Drew? I guess. Uh, actually, yeah, I should probably send that to I you. mean, as long as it's not in a foreign language. You know yeah, what? I, I, I haven't read it. It could be in Espanol. If you read it just like uh, Phonetically. Uh, phonetically, then we, we can we can piece it together. Okay. Um, so we have that. We have a whole bunch of news stories, and I think that is it. So let's get this word uh, from one of our sponsors, and then we will be right back with the second half of Margarita Mondays. Get some of that extra closet space you need. It's easy to do with the Lee Rowan Garment Whack on sale right now in our home improvement department. Roll this handy rack from room to room, anywhere you need more places to hang clothes. Perfect for temporary hanging while you clean the closets, or for summer or winter storage. Swing out arms and a heavy grid shelf give you even more storage when you need it. Easy assembly without tools. Easy knockdown when you're not using it. Buy it now, the Lee Rowan Storage Wrap, just eighteen eighty eight until Saturday. Hello, we are back. This is the show. Drusa Cogburn. Chris Crespo. Uh, if people want to send you compliments online. Can't do it. What if they want to send you a re- request for like to send you money? Nope. What if they want to offer you the job of your dreams? I mean, I guess they could email you, and then you could pass it on to me. Oh, see, pass it along to me. Uh, I see <laughs> what's going on. I'm your secretary now. Foreign, foreign. That's how it is. I mean, when it comes to the podcast stuff, yeah. CinemaCrespedisso at gmail.com. Have any uh, job offers for Juice to Cogburn? Email them to me, and I will pass them along. Um, Patreon.com slash so Sign up today. Do it Do it now. Choppa stuff. Ch- things about the Choppa. Um, you know, Patreon. Patreon things. Give us monies. Give us monies. God, please give us monies. 
thought that was falling off for a second. So, uh, we have an email, cinemacrespedisa.gmail.com. If you email us, we'll read it on the show. Drew's the Cogman will do it like this. Here, how it goes. It's good. Okay, here we go. You got an email from Gabe. All right. What up, show? Mm. I just want to email in on my weekend movie experience because it felt great and I had a really good time. Oh, okay. If y'all have an Alamo nearby, I highly recommend it. We don't. Thanks. <laughs> First off... <laughs> First off, you buy your tickets online, then you just walk in straight into your room, sit down, and you're greeted by a waiter who asks for your tickets and your drink slash food order. Nice. This is the way it should be done everywhere. No lines, no ticket booth, no snotty-nosed teen to rip my tickets. Just walk in and sit. I don't like snotty-nosed teens. I like old-nosed old people. Prices are a bit on the pricey side. Yeah, they are. Uh, got, like seven to, got like seven to eight dollar beers, twelve dollar pretzel. But it's kind of similar to Regal, on, actually. On this hungover Saturday morning, I get a chocolate shake, eight bucks. Hell yeah! And done that shit because it's delicious. Hell yeah! And I haven't eaten at all, and it's eleven a.m. Fuck yeah, diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> chocolate shake with not, nothing in your stomach. That's, that's for you. That's Wait, diarrhea. That'll give you diarrhea. Oh, that gives that. <laughs> that'll give any sane adult diarrhea. Not me, man. You, I can still process dairy. That much dairy. That much dairy on an empty stomach. Yes. Dude, I used to drink protein well, shakes for breakfast. Yeah, and, just, and, and what did that get you? Not kidney diarrhea, stones. but kidney stones. <laughs> <laughs> no diarrhea, though. Calcium, baby. Uh, would you do the 11 a.m. chocolate milkshake challenge? Fuck yeah. All right, so next, next tomorrow, don't eat breakfast, get a chocolate shake, and that's it. At like 10, 30, 11 a.m., and then report back I, I to us. To, I have to work tomorrow. It's not going to happen. Well, you were free to get diarrhea on the job site. What's going on? No, I, I, I won't be able to get a chocolate shake at 11 o'clock in the morning. I'll be working. You can Uber, get one Uber Eats to you. Pay $30 to have someone deliver <laughs> a chocolate shake to you at 11 in the morning on your job site. Guys, if you want to take the chocolate shake diarrhea challenge at home, take it and then hashtag on Twitter, hashtag chocolate shake diarrhea challenge, and that's not how it goes for you. Then you watch the previews, which are highly curated. Yeah. I'm there for Shang-Chi, and I watched a good eight-minute segment of Asian Americans on film. That's some awesome. Fi- some 50s musical stuff, some dramas, some Bruce Lee. They throw in some Godzilla. Neat shit. Cool. Then there's another spot for Don't Mess With The Cast Of Shang-Chi, which shows other martial arts moves the actors have been in. They've got the Grand Master, the Crouching Tiger, mm-hmm. and I'm impressed because they are they are really tailoring the pre-show to the cinephile. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, man. You got Tony Leone. You got Michelle Yao. You show the fucking uh, trailers. Those movies are dope. Then because I have been in the theater so long, I get to see all the cool trailers I've been avoiding. Matrix? What? Goddamn, that looks good. Spider-Man? What? Goddamn, they even got the Goblin and Doc Ock inject the multiverse into my veins. I haven't seen the the Spider-Man trailer yet. I was very uninterested in Eternals because it seemed too sideshow, and I'm like... What is this cast? But after this goddamn trailer, whoa. It's a pretty good trailer. Seems hilarious. And I am very psyched for it. Hopefully they bring the Guardians on that because wasn't that pirate place in the head of the dead eternal giant or something? Double thumbs up for Eternals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generally not super interested in Bond, but based on the cast, Ray Fine, Jeremy Malik, Christoph Waltz, I'm fucking there. MacGuffin City, here I come. I also saw a slow, dramatic West Side Story trailer, which is the movie nobody asked for. Absolutely don't care for it. Shang-Chi Review. I really, really liked it. Yeah. A little bit of grief, a little bit of family drama, some fighting. Overall enjoyable and seems rewatchable. Good job. Mm -hmm. My favorite was the bus streamer guy. They gotta bring him back in the MCU. 
the surprise callback of a character. Fucking hilarious. Yep, that was good. What a get. I'm sure we go forward, old characters are going to pop back up post-resnap. I thought the martial arts forms and choreography were beautiful, and they really put the right touch with the visual effects. Mm. M. Knight takes some goddamn notes. Yeah, M. Knight. I thought it was... Airbender my ass. I thought it was cool to add creatures to the world, and in conjunction with that Eternals trailer, I really feel like they're going to lean into the Star Wars, many planets and creatures thing. The worlds and dimensions are really going to open up, and this is so fucking exciting to see who they fold into these stories. I like how they folded in Doctor Strange, but here's my gripe. Captain Marvel, what the fuck do you do? You always got to be going somewhere. Yeah, Marvel. Where, where the fuck are you going? She's saving the goddamn universe. She's always like, She's oh, literally shit. saving the goddamn yeah, universe. but she's always like, there's something crazy. <laughs> Guys, you don't understand. There's something crazy going on. I got to go. Also, I felt the relationship, <laughs> question mark, seems a bit forced. I felt the bro-sister relationship was stronger and more believable, mm. which would probably lead to some conflict. Mm. But the girl who's my friend and her grandma wants me to marry her is a bit too on the nose and I couldn't care less for them making it or not. Aww. You don't care about the relationship between Shang-Chi and his friend and little Aquafina lady? Apparently not. Well, we'll see how that goes in the future with Shang-Chi stuff. But it sounds like he likes the movie. It's an enjoyable movie. Yeah, it seemed like he enjoyed the entire experience. Yeah, it's a good time. We all enjoyed the Shang-Chi. I've been doing Alamo once. You've been to the Alamo once? The well, and Alamo Alamo Draft House that oh. talking about. <laughs> I forgot about that aspect. I was like, yeah. why the fuck yeah. does dude talk about Texas? the Alamo? No, not that Alamo. So you've been to the basement. The basement. Yeah, remember the basement where that's where they have uh, Pee Wee's bike was in the basement. No, in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, that he got a tip that his bicycle was in the basement of the Alamo. So he goes to Texas and he goes to the Alamo and he goes on the tour and on the tour he's like, where's the basement? And they're like the Basement. <laughs> when they laugh him out of the Alamo. You remember that part? No. Nope. You remember that part? <laughs> nope. Wow. Maybe we should rewatch Pee Wee's Big Adventure for the Patreon. I mean, maybe. Um, we've been to an Alamo in Brooklyn. Yeah. That shit was tight for Annihilation. Yeah. Yeah. And then they show you like curated trailers and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's very cool. Mm-hmm. The hip place, and we almost got fun posters. Alamo. We almost got an Alamo at Orlando, <laughs> the Orlando with the uh, drive area. What? Did the pandemic kill that? Pandemic killed the Orlando Alamo. The or, the, the Alamo Lando no. got killed. No. The Alam Alam <laughs> Al- Alamo Lando. No. Draft house <laughs> got killed. Dead in the water. We ain't getting it. I know. That sucks for us. Yeah, we awful. get we get the NZ in there. Oh, yeah, it's right there. It's right there, and they do things and movies and cult classics on thirty five millimeter. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, talk about expensive food. They got it at the NZ. Dude, <laughs> if I want a fourteen dollar cheeseburger with the movie, I'm going to the NZ. I don't got to go to iDrive to do this shit for the same thing. I can get all the truffle cheese sauce I want or whatever the goddamn garbage they do to me. just give me a cheeseburger. Right? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, no, we can truffle fries. No! But we're charging you $17. I mean, duck on free fries, maybe. How about that? How about duck on free fries? Confit fries? Confifi fries? That's a Trump reference. Remember, 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 Confifi? Remember, Confifi, guys? That seems so innocent in retrospect. <laughs> uh, rest in peace, Norm MacDonald. Yeah. It's awful. Because that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yep. it. that's all I got. I, just, <laughs> I don't know, YouTube, your own uh, Norm McDonald clips or stories. I don't give a shit. Just, uh, it sucks. That sucks that it happened. And we don't normally do rest in pieces, but we got two two in a row. 
between Michael K. Williams and Norm MacDonald. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Cancer one, Norm MacDonald zero. Sucks. Yeah, cancer tends to win. Cancer tends to win. In the end. It it affects everyone. Everyone. Literally everyone. (laughs) It sucks. Either directly or indirectly. Or someone you know. Uh, It includes both of us in this room. So Mm -hmm. what are you going to do? You know, it sucks. It sucks. It's a, it's a thing of snap of, of life. Cancer. Of, of sorts. It just happens there. But the thing is, people have different resources to battle, Said, So, anyway, mm-hmm. it sucks. Speaking of Thanos, Disney says Eternals. West Side Story, other Disney movies coming out for the rest of the year will be in theaters. They've okay. committed to theaters only for the rest of the year. Okay. Uh, movies like Eternals and West Side Story, you'll get a 45-day window. Before available on streaming, and their animated movie Encanto will get a 30 day window. Okay. Uh, but that is, they announced that right after Shang-Chi had a really big opening weekend. Yeah, so they, they were, were like, for okay. sure. Yeah. They're like, all right, people are willing to come out. Also, for some movies. Not just that. Um, Free Guy, which was Fox, mm-hmm. right? But Disney released it. That has crossed over $100 million. Oh, nice. Good for them. Because it keeps making. Five million dollars, five million dollars, five million dollars because it's not available on streaming. Yeah. If people want to see it, they got to go to a theater. And people are willing to go to a theater. They're just not like clamoring for that shit. But if you're willing to let your movie sit in a the theater for a while, it's going to make its money. Uh, uh, Black Widow made almost $200 million. Shang-Chi is closing in, I think, on $200 million already after a couple of weeks. I forgot to check. Um, so Disney committing to theaters only for the rest of 2021. Cool. Yeah. Speaking of Disney, uh, they have announced a reboot of Flight of the Navigator. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. Uh, that weird talking robot inside the ship and a weird little creature too? Yeah, I think so. I think there's also a weird creature as well. I believe so. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard is going to direct the reboot. Okay. And it's going to be Disney+. Plus. I mean, she does Mandalorian stuff, so... Exactly. She's already directing for Disney and doing things, so... Uh, it, it's almost like an in-house hire for mm-hmm. them, right? So, uh, reboot of the Navigator, which, I mean, I know I've seen it. I know I've watched it a bunch of times. I can't, I barely remember nothing about like it. Like I said, there's a kid, there's a flying ship, there's a sassy thing that rotates around. Right, I feel like, I get like a weird, <clears throat> um... Mm. Like I said, for some reason, I think there's a tiny creature. Like on his shoulder or I something. I get like a weird feeling of like <clears throat> being creeped out by that movie, maybe. I think when I was a kid, it creeped me out a bit. Okay. It's on Disney Plus. If you want to rewatch it, no. if you want to revisit it, the Bodyguard is getting a reboot, okay. a remake, whatever you want to call them. So who's playing the Whitney Houston character? Um, let's see. Ain't gonna be. Ain't gonna be Bobby Christina Brown. Because she did a different Whitney Houston remake. Okay. Where she uh, OD'd in the tub. okay okay that was uncalled for I'm sorry Bobby Brown don't (laughs) don't come at me bro he scares me Bobby Brown scares me Uh, no details on casting plot or potential release date but Warner Brothers said Lawrence Kasdan who wrote and produced the original will co-produce the new version so okay none of that information uh, has been released yet but it's coming I mean it's not gonna happen more it's not going to have a Whitney Houston song that goes to like number one forever. 
The Bodyguard is, I think, the number one like best-selling soundtrack of all time. Because it's because of that song. Because of that song specifically. And I'm, pre- and I'm pretty sure it's a cover of a Dolly Parton song. Yeah, yeah. Of a Dolly Parton, who like wrote that and Jolene on the same day, or some crazy shit like that. I don't know. Fucking psycho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Genius psycho. <laughs> Uh, so we got more reboot remake stuff going on. Drew Warner Brothers announced a reboot of the movie Eraser, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, which is not okay. good. Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, oh, what's her face? Vanessa Williams. Yes. yes. Uh, also, who else is in that? Um, was that we? I, we weird sniper guns. Yes. Right. Um, they were. Uh, <laughs> what, what, do, what do you call them? Light light rail. Light gun, like uh, energy propulsion, okay. light gun, light rail. I think they're called light rails. Uh, the idea behind them, and I, is it James Con? No, but who's the, the the one guy? James, the 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 dude from Babe, the farmer, James. Oh, the old that, the that old guy, man, that yeah. guy. He's in it. He plays a CEO who kills himself in front of Vanessa Williams, and uh, yeah, it's not good. No. It's like you've been the you've been erased. Now, because that's what I do. I work for the FBI. I work for the FBI. And you, you're a guy who needs to hide. So what I do is I'm, I fake your death. And then I say to you... You are erased. You have been erased. And then I close the van door right in your face to emphasize that you've been erased. And then they call me the eraser. And it's... These lies are true. <laughs> these lies are true that I tell you. So they're, they're, are they true lies? They're, they're, these are true lies. The title doesn't make sense, but don't worry about it. It's like Back to the Future. It's unbelievable. <laughs> this title's unbelievable. I can't believe it. It makes sense, but it doesn't. Uh, there's a show called Shadow Hunters, I think, or is that a movie? I don't know. The star of that is some dude, young dude, Dominic Sherwood. He's the, the lead for this Eraser reboot. Okay. Hellraiser is getting a remake reboot. The wow. remake reboot treatment. Wow. But this is fascinating because it's the first time Hellraiser is getting studio money behind it since Hellraiser 2. So there's a whole bunch of Hellraiser movies, right? But Hellraiser 1 and Hellraiser 2 were the only ones that were like Hollywood movies. The rest of them were low budget. Let's just like slap the title on here and make some schlocky shit, you know? And there might may or may not be a cube with weird lighting. Right. We may or may not have the, all the things you expect from a Hellraiser thing. Um, but apparently this new Hellraiser is being uh, co-written and produced by David S. Goyer, who we talked about in relation to um, what Patreon movie did we just do? Uh, he's the guy who like wrote all the Blade movies. Oh, okay. um, the Batman movies. He co-wrote Batman Begins gotcha. with Christopher Nolan. He's that guy. He's working on... A new Hellraiser. Is it going to be weird and violent and sexual? It still? has to be. <laughs> it has to be. That shit's weird. It man. has to be as fucked up as possible. <clears throat> um, this is David Goyer. He says, we're shooting as we speak. We're about two thirds of the way through. And it's going to be pretty neat. That's a weird way to describe it. David Bruckner, maybe that's the director, is definitely sticking true to the mythology, but also reinventing some of it. I think it's going to be beautiful and terrifying. Yeah, it better be psychosexual to the extreme. <laughs> Hellraiser's fucked up. Uh, I've actually haven't seen any of the sequels. I've only seen the first one. Like that's enough. That's enough for me. You know I don't even I mean? think I've seen the first one all the way through. It's wild, man. It's a brutal, crazy, sweaty, dirty, 
grippy, tearing <laughs> movie, man. Um, all right, we talked about last week about Christopher Nolan shopping his new movie around. He's yeah. making the Jay Oppenheimer film, uh, the inventor of the uh, co-inventor. You gotta take, you gotta take co-credit. I mean, right? a whole bunch of people worked on a that whole shit. bunch of people. Well, not, <laughs> not one guy, did. but he was he was the leader behind it. He was the dude. He's the guy that gets a lot of the the cred for <clears throat> the um, name recognition. Yeah. He's making an Oppenheimer movie. He was shopping it around because Warner Brothers did him dirty with Tenet. Um, and he doesn't like the day and date thing they did this no. year. So uh, he has landed at Universal Studios. All right. And we have some details as to why he ended up at Universal Studios. And it's it's a little more than just the money. Let me tell you that, Drew Cogburn. Um, but just to recap, when HBO and Warner Brothers announced that their movies would be coming out same day, they had certain movies that would be coming out. He said that movie, he said the film directors went to bed thinking that they were working with the best studio, movie studio, which is a hell of a compliment. Yeah. And then waking up, finding out that they're working for the worst streaming service. I don't know like, about the worst. Like, what a burn. I know they're not. No, <clears throat> HBO Max is great. It's a great streaming service. No. Um, but I get what he's saying. No, I, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so not only will Universal fully finance his $100 million movie on Jay Oppenheimer, right? Not a commercial home run or whatever. Right. No. But they're like, we will give you your budget. You'll get it. On top of that, he gets, um, first dollar gross, whatever that means. He gets money. He gets monies. He gets a final cut. So Universal can't say shit. He gets uh, the new theatrical window is 45 days. I always mention with mm-hmm. Disney, Disney, rest of the year, movies come out, 45-day window. His movie is getting a 90 to 120-day window, mm-hmm. depending on how much money it makes. No. So he wants a traditional, old-school 90-day window. Um, it actually says here, we'll see if that actually gets fulfilled. That'll be the one thing that might change. And, um, oh, and this is fascinating. This article points out that uh, he will be exempt because Universal has a deal with, with AMC, specifically with AMC, where they can put out a movie in AMC theaters and AMC is okay with Universal then having their movie coming out on a VOD service within a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. right? Um, because then AMC <clears throat> will be getting a cut of some of that money. This is exempt from all that. This movie will not be part of that day and day. It will not come out on streaming. There's no extra money. It's it's being carved out from this whole thing. Um, that's that Nolan. That's that Nolan power. No. Um. Oh, this is also interesting too. Apparently, with Warner Brothers, with Warner Brothers movies, first off, big part of why this is happening is because he doesn't have a first look deal. Warner Brothers never signed him to anything overall. It was more like a handshake thing. Uh, so they didn't have a right of first refusal for this movie. So that's not Warner Brothers, right? Um, apparently, though, with Warner Brothers, they had a thing going where Christopher Nolan was like, listen, when I put out a movie for uh, with your banner, you can't put out another Warner Brothers movie within two or three weeks before or after. You got to give me some breathing room here. You can't mm-hmm. like double up on weeks. Uh, so rumored, apparently, Universal is going to give a similar two to three week window for him on both sides. So that's a lot of, lot yeah. of shit going on on the negotiating side for um, 
to land this movie, which, I mean, are people going to be excited about seeing the movie? About it? How is Christopher Nolan going to gussy that up and make it a mainstream thing? Because he wants to make mainstream commercial movies, you know I what know, I mean? I right? How do you, how do he's, you... Apparently he's figured it out if he's shopping it around, Chris. And apparently Universal was like, they, they saw the thing and it was like, yes, yeah, so we will give you the $100 million and all these other things to make this movie. Yeah. Who's going to be Oppenheimer? Tom Hardy. <laughs> that could be crazy. He's like, can I wear a mask? Why do I do it? Can I mumble? Can I mumble through this? Cillian Murphy. And oh, see, yeah, come on, let's give him finally. Is that is that how you pronounce it? Killian, I think it's Killian. Like the beer. It's like the beer. Um, Alanis Morissette is mad about the documentary that she participated in about her life called Jagged. Okay. Because she agreed to do this, and then she said that she did a lot of the interviews in a vulnerable time in her life. And uh, they got her to talk a lot about some uh, sexual uh, encounter shed in her teens that were not exactly above board mm-hmm. in terms of like, you know, she was taken advantage of and stuff like that. And then she saw a cut of the movie and it was like, they took all that shit. They made this big salacious documentary that I am not, I'm not happy with the way they told my story. I'm not pleased with it. So Alanis Morissette coming out against her own documentary. Uh, so okay. for anyone out there who sees this thing jagged, know that it is at this time um, not endorsed, not endorsed by the the person in it. Which is because specifically, uh, she she thought it was like salacious. No, oh. well, I mean that's what happens when you don't have. You gotta be careful. Any power on the editing process? Yeah, you gotta be careful who you entrust that information to, right? Yeah, exactly. Drew's right. Alanis Morissette, why don't you listen to Drew Cogburn? Because she doesn't know me. She doesn't listen to the podcast. Oh, boy. You know, <laughs> when you drop, when you drop big facts like that, it's hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we got um the Batman coming out next year. Okay. Yeah, next year. God, God damn it. I know. Oh, God damn it. But uh, March, I think March. So it's not that far off. We got the Batman next year, Drew Cogburn, and Matt Reeves had already sold Warner Brothers on an HBO series on the Gotham Police Department. Okay. Okay, so we got... Didn't they already do that? On Fox. I think it's called Gotham. Gotham, yeah. Did did anybody watch it? Was it any good? Five or six seasons. Oh, somebody watched it. So enough people watch it. They got to the point where... Was was it any good, though? I I think for what it was, I think people were fine with it. You know, no one's raving about it. But uh, but by the end, I think for the last episode, the kid who they cast for Young Wayne, did he see Iron Batman? He, he got he got to put on a suit. He got he got he got a suit up. So good for him. Good for them. It's almost like oh, <laughs> good for good for good for the tyke. He got to do it. So yeah, it's a little different. I focuses more on the police department. I guess maybe it's like Law and Order, Gotham City, dun, dun, okay. that type of shit. They want to do another series. They're in talks with Colin Farrell to do a Penguin series that'll be about his rise as a, as the kingpin, as the crime crime mob boss. He must have killed it in that movie. He, he must have impressed them <laughs> enough to be like, "You want to do a whole series?" Right? That's weird. So he's in talks. He's in talks, Drew. But the, but does, does 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 that man? Does that mean that? Uh, what's his face? God damn it, why can't I think Pattinson. of his name? Yeah, Pat. 
Is he going to come? That's, is he going to be Batman man, in his HBO Drew, thing? Drew, Drew. The, <laughs> the rumor is so... The rumor mill was spinning crazy on, on Robert Pattinson not getting along with Matt Reeves and his style and maybe not coming back for any more Batman stuff. Oh. Not having even, a good time making this movie. Even if, even if it is a good movie. Maybe if the movie comes out really good, it could be like a Mad Max Fury Road situation where they're like, shit, okay, now I see why the process was so hard because it did turn out to be so good. Yeah. But if the movie is not amazing, that's it. You'd be like, fuck, I'd rather make The Lighthouse 2 than, uh, than try to do this again. You really want to spend that much time with Willem Dafoe again? <laughs> yeah, in alone in a, in a cold, wet location. They were so miserable when they shot that. And then the word from the set for the, the Northman, the, the Viking movie no. he's doing, again, it's like, this set is miserable. It's so cold and <laughs> wet and shitty. Um, and they love it. The actors all love it. And as long as it makes a good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Precisely. Give me, give me, suffer for your art, you fucks. Just like we're doing right now. You're getting paid millions of dollars. Just fucking suffer. Suffer, you fucks. Suffer. Tom Welling, remember him? No. He was the CW Superman from Smallville. Speaking of okay. Gotham. Okay, Smallville guy. Right, the Superman version of gotcha. that show. Um, he apparently is the star of an action series called Professionals. Okay. And that just got picked up by the CW. Okay. So he's coming back home, old good, Tom Welling. Good for him. Good, I know, been working this whole time. The Forgotten Superman. Good for him. Good for him indeed. Uh, we got a cops reboot. Well, I guess it's just coming back. Wait, what? So <clears> cops, <throat> remember how cops got canceled in the wake of George Floyd mm-hmm. and all that, all that nonsense mm-hmm. with the what? The cops can't be cops no more. Okay, cops ain't allowed to be killing people to make their point. How are we supposed to enforce laws if we can't <laughs> kill innocent people? If we can't kill innocent people, Julie. <laughs> George Floyd was passing. F- Fake money. So he his life was worth what one fake twenty dollar bill. Judge Dredd determined. <laughs> Judge Chauvin that determined. That sounds about right. Yeah. That your crime has been fraud. Sentence is death. Or two months in the ISO cubes. I'll take the ISO cubes. No, I'm nope, tired. Death. I'm tired. <laughs> death. I'll just kill you here. It's easier. Um. Yeah, dude. Uh, cops got canceled after that, and okay. what was that other one? The live PD mm-hmm. got canceled. Cops just got picked back up. I mean, by a streaming service. I mean, it's it's trash. It's trash. So. It's right wing propaganda designed to normalize police brutality. They used to do it on a goddamn weekly basis yeah. thanks to Fox TV. Uh, what was that Friday? Sundays at like seven thirty or some bullshit. Like there you yeah. go. You just it was just on piped into your homes as entertainment. Weekly police overreach and police brutality. Isn't this fun? Um, well, of course. Then the streaming service Fox Nation oh. has picked up cops and revitalized it. So just so you so know, you can watch it online through Fox Nation. You can watch you it through Fox Nation. You could between episodes of Tucker Carlson last tonight or whatever the fuck. These douchebags, uh, racist pieces of shit, motherfuckers. You know people who don't listen to our show. <laughs> what if they like to listen to? Cops will be on Fox News, uh, Fox News streaming service, Fox Nation. That's, that sounds awful. Now you know what sounds awful is the show The Activist. Which man, what a week! What a week! Let me tell you about okay. this. Let me tell you about the competition reality TV show called The Activist. 
producer Cameron. Tell me if you think this is a good idea. It's a reality TV show, like a CBS-style reality TV show with guests, not guests, but celebrity judges. Okay. Who are our judges? Juliana Hoff, that lady, that blonde lady. Uh, uh, Usher. And okay. uh, and uh, Priyanka Chopra Jones. Okay, yeah. Jonas, Jonas, excuse me, Jonas. Yeah. Those are your celebrity judges. For a show that takes six activists and put them, pit them against each other in competition to see which one can, uh, like activate the most to get the <laughs> they can get the most like based on most social media traction, the most likes, the most uh, uh, whatever for their specific causes to see which one would win money to put towards their specific cause. What do you think about that show? That sounds really base and like it's trivializing every single one of those activists' things. The whole idea of activism yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, so apparently, Drew, a lot of people thought that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a really bad idea. A lot of people thought that. A lot oh. of people... Uh, this this show was just announced like at the beginning of the week. This mm-hmm. all happened over the course of like five days. It was like like Monday. Dun dun. They announced the activists. And like this is what the show is. These are our guests, our celebrity judges. Blah blah blah. Uh, and then people are like, "What?" Tuesday. Dun dun. All the tweets and the Instagram posts are coming out about this is a terrible idea for all the reasons you just said. It seems no. <laughs> gross and base. And um, the idea of like pitting activists against each other minimalizes, trivializes, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, like Wednesday, dun dun. Julianne Hoff, one of the three celebrity judges, puts out this long Instagram post. Like, I hear you. I hear your complaints. I am. My heart is open. Like doing this whole thing where she's like, "Oops, yeah, I, I done mm, fucked up. Mm, we done fucked up." And I am talking to the producers. We're talking. We we hear everything. Um, Thursday, dun dun. The goddamn producers are like, you know what? <laughs> uh, our bad. We're gonna retool. I know that we said the show's coming out in October. We're gonna retool, and we're gonna we're taking away the competition aspect, and we're just gonna f- be a show that's now <laughs> the, the docu series documenting the work of these activists and highlighting the work of the activists. And then Friday comes around, dun dun, and Priyana Chopra is like, "My bad." <laughs> she waited to the very end to be like, "Oops, my bad." And that that was the week. That was the week in the show. The activists. Which is now coming out unforeseen future on CBS. It was <laughs> it was October. Gonna, apparently, it's going to be re-edited. Yeah, re- yeah. <laughs> like we already re- we already shot all this shit. So yeah, yeah we have to take away the part where it's like you get you got a hundred uh, Facebook likes. Yay! Yeah, that's a, that's crazy. That's some crazy shit that happened this week. I love watching that stuff unfold in real time. What what happens when people get eliminated? <laughs> they die. Like how they do kill, you... they kill them? And like, say you're an how abortion they... activist, and they give your money to the pro life people. <laughs> oh, you're 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 working against <laughs> you're working against the uh, uh, low wages and all that. Now we're gonna give your money to uh, the landlords and the employers because uh, fuck you. Yeah, it was terrible. It was a bad idea. It was a bad, bad, bad idea. So, um, this is interesting. Comedy Central has been going through this whole thing where they they canceled all their shows and they got rid of all their live action stuff. It seemed like they were going for like straight a- animation for the most part. But Jerry Seinfeld was just featured in a commercial on a, a recreation of his apartment set to announce that, yeah, straight up, like they recreated the apartment. And he's announcing that 
uh, Seinfeld. Well, now it's TV home is now Comedy Central. Okay. Uh, and they're going to do a thing where, like, up, coming up here in October, they'll do a week of, like, greatest Seinfeld greatest hits. And then they're just going to start airing the show, like, for who knows how many years. Yeah. Uh, in syndication. No. Meanwhile, the show is now available currently on Netflix, I believe. Um, do you think it's 2020? I love Seinfeld, man. You know I love Seinfeld. 2021, do you think it still has any cachet? I mean, <clears throat> it's... Just a movie. I mean, a movie. It's just a show about life. Yeah. I they mean, said it's about nothing, but it's a show about life. You're right. So, I mean, as long as there's... I mean, it's going to be relevant. Parts of it. I yeah. mean, the technology, obviously, depending outdated, sure. how far we get, yeah. is outdated. So some of these things maybe could, wouldn't happen anymore, blah, 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 yada, yada. Yeah. But for the most part, I mean, yeah, I could see people... Still, still watching, still it. tuning in, still Maybe. watching, still getting it. Maybe younger generations, dis- I mean, quote, it, discovering it, discovering it, it. It all depends on how hard '90s nostalgia hits. Yeah, that's and a for thing. How long? I remember in the '90s watching reruns of uh, Welcome Back, Cotter, and be like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, this is fun. And look at the young John Travolta. I just saw him on Pulp Fiction. This is interesting. Maybe they'll do the same thing with. Uh, oh, look, it's that lady from the in the Marvel, the Falcon Cinematic the Universe. Soldier. Yeah, <laughs> now she's a uh, look at her. She's a neurotic New Yorker. This is fun. Um, speaking of 80s shows, remember the show Head of the Class? Remember that one? About, about, about a classroom full of kids? A high school class? I, wa- I watched this show. Here's a still from it of like four random students. And there was their teacher, their cool teacher. Who, who looked, he looked that like George Carlin, so but he wasn't. familiar. Right? It was like popular for the minute that it was on. Okay. The dude in this picture with the brown, the leather jacket. Yeah. This guy's name is Ben Robbins. Okay. We talked about him last week. Ben Robbins is the guy who went from actor to, uh, like, producer. Okay. To, uh, he was promoted to... CEO of Paramount Players, a division of Paramount. Then he got promoted to president of Nickelodeon. Okay. And then he just got promoted to the president of Paramount. So that's that guy. That guy. The guy who was on head of the class. The guy in the leather jacket. Who also is directed now, movies. Is now the CEO of Paramount. He runs Paramount movies. That's so weird. Uh, to give you an idea of maybe his taste, he uh, he directed Norbit, mm-hmm. Good Burger, Mm-hmm. Uh, those are his best films. Um, that is not good. Well, yeah, some like some of the worst, uh, like Eddie Murphy, two thousand stuff. Okay. Um, and he may be part of the reason why Paramount are like we're gonna get away from big budget tentpole movies and we're gonna focus on remakes and reboots and rebrands for our Paramount Plus streaming service. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Just an update from last week's Well, I story. mean, he wants everybody to get on that Paramount Plus. He wants people to spend money through this fucking streaming app. They do. And you know what? It's not going to work. Some some of these apps are going to fall apart. There's going to be the the consolidation of apps is going to happen soon. So what, and, which ones are going to survive? Into what? Digital cable? No. Just, <laughs> yeah. No. I mean. Cause, yeah, streaming cable? Like, uh, like there was Discovery Plus and HBO Max for a minute were two separate apps. They're... They're combining because that deal hasn't been finished yet. They're still working it out. All, but apparently, I just read this week, it's going smoothly. Um, so that's going to be a consolidation. HBO and Dis- Discovery Plus, right? Um, Hulu, something's going to happen to that when Comcast gets bought out here in a minute. And uh, and then it's only owned by Disney. 
is it just going to become like a channel on Disney Plus? What's going to happen to Hulu? You know, um, I don't think Paramount Plus is going to straight up make it. They're just going to have a library that they're going to have to sell. Like Quibi, how Quibi got sold to Roku. Maybe Roku buy Paramount Plus. And then there's like the Paramount Plus channel on the Roku. And you got to have the Roku thing to get, you know, I mean, that's consolidating in a way. If only just a way we could bundle these things. (laughs) Going back to cable. Yeah, it's crazy. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Um, but maybe it'll be a better way f- in terms of uh, customization. You get what you want more as opposed to, you know, like now. They got three versions of Sling TV. Okay. One of them is like sports heavy. Like, I don't know sports. One of them's got like a lot of like Univision and shit. Like, I, I don't speak no Spanishes. What do you think I am? Puerto Rican? And yes. then the other one is I like, do. right? I don't know. And then the other one is like a little more stripped down, a couple bucks cheaper. Um like maybe this is just all you're looking for. They have maybe it'll be like that in the future. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm looking at this story about did you know Pierce Brosnan's in Black Adam? What? Yep. <laughs> Where he plays a member of the Justice Society. Okay, good for him. And cool. Um he's got some some hype <clears throat> some hype for the movie. Here's Pierce Brosnan. He says um, talking about the movie, it's an ensemble piece. You have Dwayne, who was at the pinnacle of his fame and fortune, success, and popularity. He is magnificent, as Black Adam mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan says. We are the Justice Society, and there's four of us, so we became a strong quartet of actors. The writing was very good. <laughs> I like this. There was just enough beats. <laughs> you just want three good beats. If you have three good scenes to hang your hat on and your heart on, and you're hard on that you can make something of your days. For me, Black Adam had that, and Cinderella had it in its own specific way. He is so like qualifiers and thing, throwing things out there. He's like, Look, Black Adam, it's great. It has the three <laughs> scenes that I need to be happy about. And he's like, Cinderella was good too, in its own way. You know, I can't say it's the same, not as good. Um, but yeah, Pierce Brosnan's in the fucking Black Adam movie. Cool. It's going to be fun. I like Pierce Brosnan. Use the black bond. The Irish one. Mm-hmm. That's how the that's how the British look at him. Yeah. Oh, Pierce Brosnan. Use the black bond. Use the black one, isn't he? Any black one in it? Right. 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 Black one in it. Uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan. Um... Oh, uh, there's a Netflix movie being made by, uh, what's his name, Sam Esmail, the Mr. Robot guy, okay. and it was originally going to be starring Denzel Washington and Julia Roberts, making mm-hmm. it their first time together since the Pelican Brief, but Denzel had to drop out, being replaced by Mahershala Ali. Okay, and cool. It, and it's a movie where these two families are like forced together to do some shit, and it's a lot of tension and stuff, and it's going to be all fucked up, and I'm looking forward to it. Fun. It's going to be a Netflix movie. Heads up, guys. That's it. That's all I got for you for for okay. that for that one. Um, for years, what was that? That was a chair. That was, you. that was my chair. I swear that was my chair. That wasn't a fart. That was a fart. I'll let you know. It kind of sounded like a fart though, didn't it? <laughs> kind of did. Maybe the uh, twins. Twins is one of Schwarzenegger's. It is his most profitable film in terms of. Okay. Um, Oh, the budget was pretty low. It made a shit ton worldwide. And he got a lot of points on the back end because no one wanted to produce the movie. And he struggled to get people to even put up the money for it. And um, ended up being a huge, huge hit. And then for years, they've been talking about making triplets. The sequel, Twins 2 triplets. And the joke 
joke casting of it, what they wanted to do would be the triplet was going to be Eddie Murphy. Okay. That him, Schwarzenegger said he was talking to Eddie Murphy at a party, and and Eddie Murphy brought up, hey, we should do triplets, and I should be the third triplet. Oh, shit, there's a black baby the whole time, and it's me. That's hilarious. And Schwarzenegger's like, that's a good idea. I think we should do <clears> it. Like, I see the dollar signs already. Um, that was like fucking 20 years ago. Yeah. That's how long they've been talking about making this goddamn movie. His, before he was even a governor. And apparently in the last couple of years, like they've been making it go. They've been trying to make this movie happen. But at the same time, Eddie Murphy has had his own little career resurgence with Coming to America and the Dolomite movie. Yeah. Hmm. So now the schedules don't line up. They want to make triplets. Eddie Murphy is not available. It was his idea. It's not available for he's, it. He's not doing the movie. He got replaced by Tracy Morgan. Interesting. So we're going to do a triplets movie. Schwarzenegger. So I'm back. Danny DeVito and Tracy Morgan. Okay. Fun. I'll see it. That'll be weird. Uh, better than Kindergarten Cop 2 starring Dolph Lundgren. Yes, that's a thing. Ooh. <laughs> that does not sound good. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Edgar Wright's movie Last Night in Soho got its title from Quentin Tarantino okay Quentin Tarantino and Edgar Wright were talking about music in movies and they were talking about a specific song that Tarantino used in something he was like hey have you heard about this other song called Last Night in Soho and he played it for Edgar Wright Edgar Wright was like yeah it's a pretty good song and then later Edgar Wright was trying to write this story and then he was trying to come up with a title. And then he was even using the song as inspiration for writing the screenplay. And then eventually he was like, why don't I just fucking... That's a great name. I'll just use this goddamn title. So apparently that's how he uh, came up with the name for Last Night in Soho. I mean, it's a great title. We wouldn't even have this movie if it wasn't for Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Cool. Good inspiration. So we should all, we should all thank him. We should all thank him both. Um, Nicolas Cage has this movie, The Unbearable Weight of Talent. Yes. Where he plays a guy, he plays a version of himself, Nicolas Cage, the actor, who gets hired to some guy's party, and he has to recreate scenes from his most famous movies. Nicolas Cage says he will not watch this movie. What? what? That he can't do it. I guess he watches his own movies normally. Okay, he can't he sa- watch this one? And he, he says it's too weird. Too oh, okay. much of a whacked out trip, even for him, is what he says. Okay, so it's maybe too on the nose. It's a little too much for him, but he's going to do it. He did the movie, he said... He said, and apparently it's good. Someone, t- he, like his writer or manager, watch it for him. He said, yeah. Apparently it's fine, but I can't. It's too whacked out for me. He can't do it. Okay. And, uh, oh man. So anyone looking to get me a Christmas present? Uh, Warriors come out to play the board game. <laughs> is coming out. What? <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a late Christmas present because it's not getting released like February of next year. Uh, but Funko. As in the Funko yeah. uh, Pop Company or whatever, they're putting out a board game that looks pretty cool. A little, for the Warriors, for the Warriors, and it's just straight up like you got a board where you're going back and forth, going trying to get the Coney Island. You got your little hand, uh, the small uh, the tokens representing the gang members, and like you're the Warriors people and stuff, and the cards. It looks like a fun game. Mm-hmm. It looks really good. Warriors come out to play the game. It's available. It's out there. It's a thing. Cool. Uh, I got a. We're gonna end this episode with a new segment, final new segment of the show called "Anecdotes from 
the, from our betters because <laughs> okay. it's a Hollywood elite. You know, they're okay. actors, they're celebrities, yeah. they're better than us, obviously. But they have <clears throat> they have anecdotes, uh, and I have a couple of them here, a few of them. I have three of them. I have three anecdotes total. Uh, mentioning Eternals, one of the actresses in the in the group, one of the Eternals. This lady, her name is Lauren Ridloff, and she is deaf. Okay. And uh, apparently they were having an issue with how do you, how do we cue this deaf lady when we're so used to being like action and then you turn around and do your thing. But like, you need somebody in her line of sight. (laughs) What if you're facing a wall? What do you do then? Right. You can't have someone in her line of sight if she's facing a wall. Maybe a physical thing out of frame. Like, hey, the, like if they're really close, the actor is like, Tapper, honor, honor, touch her, or yeah. something, someone do something like that. Uh, she was complaining, not complaining, but she was just talking to co-star Angelina Jolie, herself, director, producer. Uh, like, hey, you know, I'm having some problems with some of these cues. What do we do? Especially with this one here. I got to face this wall. What do I do? Immediately, Angelina Jolie was like laser pointer. Oh, yeah, laser pointer because. CG, they can easily CG out a laser pointer if it gets into the shot at all. So she's like, we'll be saying they're facing a wall. They have someone off camera with the laser pointer doing it in a circle. That means rolling when it's in a circle. And then when they shut off the laser pointer, action. That means go. And then she knows that she's got to do her thing. Uh, so yeah, Angelina Jolie with the MacGyver like, um, cool. Like this, this is what I would do because I also make movies. Yeah. Uh, Judy Greer is a actress who's been in a ton of shit, right? Always in like small stuff, you know, Judy, Judy Greer. Yes. Right. She's mm-hmm. in so much stuff. Yeah. Um, she has Halloween kills kind of where she plays Laurie Strode's daughter. Um, she has a story here about how, uh, it's a, it's an interesting story. It's about a, an audition. I think that she did. Yeah. When asked about the worst moment in her career, Oh, no, it's about a movie she did. This is a, actually, yeah, this is a weird how this works out. So it's a movie called The Last Shot. It's from 2004. It's about a Hollywood filmmaker looking for someone to finance a movie. It finds out that uh, his producer is an undercover FBI agent. <laughs> this is Judy Greer. Quote, Alec Baldwin was in this movie with Matthew Broderick. So I auditioned for a role and Calissa Flockhart ended up getting it. But because that's such a great audition and such a good time with the director, they were like, we really love you so much. We want you to be in the movie. What do you play this other character? Uh, and basically, it was a character that was written for Carrie Fisher. Okay. And it's like a Hollywood, a, a strong Hollywood producer. Um, Fisher wasn't available, so they gave it to Judy Greer, uh, who at this time is very young. She's not a Carrie Fisher type, right? Uh, but she's just happy to have the job so she says yes I'll get it I'll take the job so she has a scene with Alec Baldwin quote I'm so excited and nervous it's Alec Baldwin we do the scene and it's not working it's clunky and weird and I know I'm bad in it he's being so great and so nice but I never felt like I nailed it it was such a frustrating drive home from work and I just remember thinking this is not right I felt so bad for myself maybe I'm a bad actor Um, and then she says uh, she's sitting around, she's feeling bad about it, and then her phone rings. It's her agent, quote, my agent and my manager. The only time they ever called together is when I get a job. So I was like, oh, what did I audition for that I recently booked? And they're like, so we have some bad news. They're going to replace you in the last shot. They're not going to bring you back to work for tomorrow. And I remember thinking, thank God. 
Thank God I don't have to go back and do that again. Thank God I don't have to torture us all again because I still had another scene. I can't even tell you how happy I was. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, guys, just, you know, take the job. Do what you got to do. If it works, it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I don't know what the, the, the theme of that story is, uh, the moral. Just, just imagine shit in the scene in front of Alec Baldwin. <clears throat> Oh, speaking of shit in a scene. Final story. Here we go. Let's wrap this thing up. Jeff Daniels uh, has this little anecdote from the stars about okay. how the one time he met Cry Macho star and director Clint Eastwood. Okay. <clears throat> um, he's talking to Stephen Colbert here. He says, um, well, first off, he did the movie Bloodwork. In the 2000s. This is the first part of the story. He tells these things like in reverse order. He does this movie Bloodwork in the 2000s where he's the star of it. Clint Eastwood's the director. He says he's walking down the set with Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood says, if you can do Two Days in the Valley and if you can do Dumb and Dumber, you can do this. He tells them. Um, but then going backwards. At a Pebble Beach Pro-Am golf tournament. This is Jeff Daniels. I'm in the breakfast tent. I'm going to go play. All of a sudden, Clint Eastwood comes walking across the breakfast tent, and he's looking right at me. And he says, Jeff Daniels, I saw Dumb and Dumber, the toilet scene that happened to me. <sighs> then he started laughing and turned around and walked away. Well, apparently Clint had a bad time on the toilet once. Yeah, he had some bad diarrhea, maybe in someone's house, maybe with, and then the toilet didn't work. Yeah. Also, that was the the final coup de grace mm-hmm. of that scene, right? Um, so Jeff Daniels and Clint Eastwood bonding over shit nanigans. Yeah. It's a weird world we live in. It's, this is the world we live in, guys. If you don't have a shit story with Clint Eastwood, then what are you doing? Where are you at? What's happening with your life? A lot of things. Not enough, though. That's your excuse. A lot of things. That's your excuse for not having a Clint Eastwood related shit story in Chicagoan. That I don't live anywhere near Clint Eastwood and haven't been around any of his productions. Time, and... time to time to move near Clint Eastwood and invest in some. Um, uh, what, do you, what, do you <laughs> what, what do we take to poop? I was about to say Maalox, but that's the opposite. Pepto. That's the opposite. Ipecac. That makes you throw up. What makes you poop? Uh, I mean, a, a quote-unquote diuretic. I need a, an X-lax, right? Let's get sure. some X-lax. Laxatives. Let's get some laxatives. Let's set a meeting with Clint Eastwood to pitch him on a movie. And then when he, <laughs> when we finally get to sit down with him, then we just sit and we just wait for the X-lax to kick in. Then we poop. And then we and have a broken a, toilet. And then we have and a story. It has to be a broken this, toilet. This has to be a broken toilet. I think it just has to be, we just need a shit-related Clint Eastwood story. So you purposefully ate X-Lax so you could shit around Clint Eastwood. Listen, he's like 91, 92. We're running out of time. <laughs> we have to make this happen. I'm saying it's weird. We can't, we, we can't wait That's for weird. it to happen anymore. That's weird. I know it's weird. I know it's weird. <laughs> Guys, that's the end of the episode. Uh, thank you, Drew Chicago. You're welcome. You are welcome, listeners. We'll be back next week with episode 455. We're going to talk about the new James Bond movie. Will we? Yeah. Okay, cool. It's about fucking time. It's out. (laughs) Finally. It will be. Is that fucking crazy? (laughs) Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Um, And that's it. So, peace out.
A PFT Media Production.